that is joining us here live in our studio audience and also those that are joining us live on Facebook. Thank you guys so much. Today's show topic is, is, is titled Empowering Kids to Succeed. Now, how many people agree that kids are our future by a show of hands? It's absolutely true. I agree with you guys as well. Now, one thing that we focus on here every day is we focus on the parents. We focus on our struggles. We focus on the economy, but we rarely focus on the kids. So when parents struggle, so do the kids. And that's what we're going to focus on today is we're going to focus on the kids and some of the challenges that they go through. Now, in order to address this issue, we had the rare opportunity of having a precious child with us today, which is a nonprofit organization that's located in Broomfield, Colorado. And with us is we have the VP of Operations with a precious child, Courtney Wickberg. So without further ado, help me in welcoming Courtney Wickberg. How are you doing, Courtney? Hi, good. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. So before we get into this wonderful topic, and actually very important topic, give us a little background on who you are and why, why, is, this so pa why is this such a passion for you? Well, I had the privilege of being a missionary kid growing up. So I had um, every summer while kids were going to summer camps and stuff, we were in China working in orphanages or over in Thailand um, working on projects and things like that. So from a very young age, it was almost the normal for me to um, kind of be going and seeing the need that was really out there and kind of witnessing this devastation of um, children that they are innocent in all of this. They didn't ask for the circumstance that they were in. Mm. So as I grew up, I always knew that I wanted to give back. I wanted to be a part of something larger than myself. So um, as soon as I graduated college, I started looking around at nonprofits and um, looking for something that truly focused on something that I loved. And that was children, really focusing on the kids that, like you said, they're the future. And so seeing what we can do to really help elevate them and help them thrive. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So we obviously we appreciate your service. And now let's get into the, the depth of this. And let's talk about, first of all, let's talk about the complexities of poverty. Now, when you think of poverty, just think about it for a minute. What do you guys, what do you guys think about? Those online, what do you guys think about when it comes to poverty? That's probably, probably one of your thoughts that you probably had is, well, you see a family that's broke or you see, a, you see somebody that's on the side of the street. You think that says extreme poverty. Well, now there's a different text that Courtney is going to address with us when it talks about the complexities of poverty and what that really truly means. So, Courtney, give us actually a deeper detail and deeper look because with your, with your organization, you guys are able to see a couple of things that we are not privy to see. Yeah, kind of like you were saying, people, when they think of poverty, they have a picture in their mind. They have, you know, someone sitting on the corner. They have... Um, someone who might be lazy who's, you know, getting money off welfare. But for us, com uh, poverty is so complex, and there are so many different faces to it that we see every single day. So whether it's a grandparent who unfortunately just lost their child and now they have to take care of their grandchildren. And when you're a grandparent, right. you're retired, mm -hmm. you don't have the funds to start from scratch and start raising a child, paying for clothing, schooling, all those things that go into it. Um, we also deal with a lot of foster care parents. So a lot of foster care situations, these children are taken in the middle of the night with the clothes on their backs mm. from coming from really awful situations. And so these foster parents are giving these 
you know, two or three children at a time and they don't have the funds necessarily to provide clothing for them, to provide, you know, field trip fees for them and things like that. So what a precious child really tries to do is help these different scenarios of children living in poverty. So whether that's, you know, kids that are, a lot of the families we see, we call it working poor. Mm, these families okay. have, they both have jobs and they're working 40, most are working more than 40 hours a week, yet they are still struggling to get by because rent's expensive, um, housing costs are through the roof, um, food, utilities, the items just pile up. And whether you have one child or you have three children, these the cost of raising a child is so expensive. And so these families are struggling to get by even though they're working so hard to do so. Absolutely, I'm sure people out here in the audience with kids, you guys can completely understand if, if something happens with your job today, would there be some hardships in your, in your household? That's how quick poverty can, everybody is open season to having poverty hit them immediately. That's how, that's how crazy the situation is when you talk about the complexities of it. It could be somebody can get injured, mm -hmm. okay? You can see a, a death in the family. I know a, a personal friend of mine who just had a death in the family and now all of a sudden into this situation. And that's what these kids are having to go through. They did not choose this lifestyle. It's been chosen for, chosen for them. So is there any other examples that you can give us that will help us? Yeah, kind of stemming from the illness, we see a lot of families where the children are the ones that are ill. And so the parents are then mm. having to take time off work or all the funds that they did have are now going to that child's care. Yes. So uh, the funds are completely depleted. Um, we, of, we often have times where children are um, either domestic violence situations, so they're coming from shelters. And again, they're coming, you know, running away in the middle of the night with nothing but the clothes on their back. So these families are struggling and it looks not just like the person on, sitting on the corner of the side of the road. Poverty takes many different shapes and faces. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so consider this as well. Think about inflation. You know, inflation can really hurt. If, you're, if, if your budget's already tight, inflation, everything keeps on increasing that hurts you even more. And that's, those are some of the things that actually drive towards poverty, and this is something that we have to be aware of. Um, take us to the next step, next step here and talk about how widespread this is. Because I can imagine this is a United States, this is all across the world type of problem, right? Yeah, so I mean, taking <clears throat> the US, there's 15 million children living in poverty, which almost is an insane number to even fathom. It right. doesn't, but when you actually try to picture faces to that number, it is it takes your breath away, really, that that many children live below the federal poverty line. So, um, and then kind of zooming in a little closer to Colorado where we live, we have 190,000 children living in poverty in Colorado. Wow. And a majority wow. of that is in the Denver metro area. And so really focusing on those counties and really seeing what we can do um, to kind of combat this is issue. Sure. Yeah. And so when you when you look at this, you can you can generalize poverty and, and look at this and see how widespread it is. You can generalize a neighborhood and say, well, maybe that neighborhood there's probably a lot of poverty. But would you, I would assume with those type of numbers that it's it's even in some areas that look pretty astute. Would yeah. Be, and would you agree with that? We see a lot of um, neighborhoods and counties that are almost split down the middle where, you know, there's areas that are super affluent, but then you cross the street and you are seeing some families that are hitting some really hard times. So in a lot of the situations, we often find that schools, a lot of the kids, they don't realize that, you know, one in 
five children live in poverty in Colorado. So looking at that and seeing, if you think of a classroom and thinking about how many children that affects, sure. um, it really makes it real. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Now we need to spend a lot of time on this and this one is extremely huge. And this is judgments kids face in school. Now we're gonna take a couple of different areas and uh, take a couple of steps here. We're gonna talk about schools first. You know, we think a lot of schools are doing okay, but would you agree that a lot of schools are struggling out there? Yeah, we, um, a lot of the agency partners we have are schools because they do struggle to come up with enough soccer balls during recess or for the after school sports teams and things like that. So um, schools in general need support and so we try everything we can to support them, yeah. Sure, sure. So with that being said, what, how does that impact the families and then how does it impact the kids? So take us down that trail. If the school's struggling, what do they ask the parents? So, I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone who has a child knows <laughs> how quickly things add up and the kids, despite our best efforts, don't stop growing. And so they're constantly needing more clothing. And I think everyone can remember going to school and sitting in front of your closet you know, thinking about what you're going to wear that day. And sometimes kids can be really mean. So, you know, you want to wear cool clothing. You want to wear something that um, fits in with everyone else. Sure. So um, it really focusing on that and seeing kind of where we can help support the children in getting them on that same playing field as their peers and providing them with clothing and basic essentials so that they do have that opportunity. Sure. So now what age group does a precious child, what do you guys, who do you guys specifically work with? Is it just uh, middle school? Is it high school? Is it all across the board? It's all across the board. So um, 18 and under, but then their families as well, because obviously if the children are, are suffering, the family is suffering as well. Okay. So we really try um, from infant to adult clothing, all in between um, and different resources to help, again, get those kids, elevate them to the level of their peers so they don't have to feel any different. Sure. And let's talk about that a little bit, because I think that's important, because I can remember, how many people can remember high school or grade school? <laughs> now, Remember, remember the platform of that, of that, uh, of the classroom. Remember, you may have been the cool kid, but there was all, there was also that kid that was the nerd. Okay, there's all, you guys remember that kid? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you said I, I was that kid. <laughs> it's okay, Matt. It's all right, man. <laughs> I was a nerd also, but I was trying to be popular. Okay, so then there was always that kid who didn't have much. You guys remember that kid? It was a shy kid. Didn't really, didn't really speak to anybody. That's what they're talking about. And that, that kid right there is the one that's suffering. And how widespread is that number? So if we were to take a classroom of about 30 people, about how many kids in there would you imagine, based on your statistics, are going through this, going through this struggle? Oh, well, anywhere from like five to six in every classroom. And obviously different neighborhoods speak to that, but just as an actual, just to have a visual to that, about five or six children in, you know, a, every classroom are, can suffer from poverty, so. That, that's, that's intense. That mm -hmm. is intense. And so with these kids, what they're going through, think about it as they, as they grow up. Do you, feel, do you feel like these kids fit in in their classroom? No. Think about what's coming up. They're thinking about, you know what, I just don't want to be around anybody. They start to feel isolated. These are some of the, these emotions that I'm sure these kids start to, that, that, that they start to feel. And this is how impactful this is. So think about it. If you start at seventh grade, 
having these emotions, do you really feel like this thing will start to flow over into high school, into their adulthood? That's exactly what this looks like, and that's how dangerous this is, and this is why we have to pay attention. Now, one thing that you had discussed is kids or the, the schools saying, hey, we have a field trip going uh, next month. We need, what, $25 or something for the field trip. Talk to us about that and what that scenario looks like. Yeah, so going back to what I said earlier, when kids are growing up, not only do they need the basic essentials, but they're expensive, so field trip fees add up. And how do you think that feels as a child if your parents are struggling to put food on the table or provide adequate clothing for you? Obviously, a $25 field trip fee isn't in the budget, and so they're not allowed to go. And so how do they feel when the rest of their classmates are getting on the bus and they actually have to sit down and stay back because they can't afford to attend with their peers? Um, so a precious child really tries to provide other programming so that those kids can ask for help and say, hey, we need help getting that fee and we're able to pay that so that, again, these kids are given the same opportunities as everyone else. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'm sure every parent, anybody, how many people have kids out here? Okay, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> you, guys, you guys have seen those letters from the school month after month. It almost seems like every month they're asking for something new. <laughs> Sometimes it gets annoying, but, the sums, uh, but what's going on in your mind is your budget. And thinking about your budget every single time and having these kids stuck because, again, they have to face other peers in their, in their age group. And, you know, kids, we're not gentle. The kids are not gentle, are they? They'll laugh at you in a minute. They'll make fun of you. Why are you staying back? That's a lot of pressure for these kids to really endure on a, on a monthly basis if that's their situation. So what a precious child does is extremely important, and we have to. That, and that's why this is this show is very important for us to all understand and really understand the the detail of it. So talk to us about how does a precious child serve these families. So obviously there's a ton of services, and I know that you guys are really trying to extend your reach and help mm -hmm. these kids out. But talk to us about some of the services that you guys offer these families. Yeah. So um, I feel a precious child is special in a way that we truly. Um, think collaboration is so important. We really um, try to strive to meet collaboration on all sorts of levels. So we work with about 250 different agency partners, okay. and that can be nonprofits, um, domestic abuse shelters, anyone who's able to identify a need in a family. So kind of going back to the complexities of poverty and seeing how many different faces there were to that. We work with those different agency partners so we can truly help those that are in the most need. Um, and once the families are referred to us, we offer nine programs mm. that um, go from basic essentials. So our resource center is a clothing bank, okay. but um, we set it up like a store. So again, we think it's so important for the families to feel dignified and respected when they come in and shop, that it's not a handout, but they're getting to shop for themselves. And we try to empower them so that the kids can go through the clothing and say, oh, this is ugly, I don't want that. And they can, you know, pick and be yes. fun teenagers and pick and choose and say they don't want things. But um, we really try to make it fun for them so that they don't have to feel bad about themselves for not being able to provide um, because they are doing as much as they can to provide for their families. Sure. So giving those opportunities to the children. Um, and then taking that a step further, that was our flagship program, but we soon realized that clothing was amazing and does so much to help children. 
But then we thought of all the other ways that children, there's just barriers to their education. There's just something kind of slamming in their door every step of the way if they're not able to afford it. So we have a sports program where we're able to provide nice. scholarships for nice. children in need so that if um, a child wants to participate in a school program, in a um, after school program or a soccer program, I was a soccer star myself, so I always <laughs> liken it to soccer. Um, but the registration fees alone are $350, and again, that's something that's not in the budget, but I, I played soccer like four days a week on weekends. That's That was my focus. That helped me learn responsibility, time management, um, and so for a child not to have that and want to do it and not be given the chance to do it is heartbreaking. So we're able to provide um, registration fees so that those kids can play alongside nice. their peers, give them sports equipment, um, because again, soccer cleats, they can get really expensive. And don't get me started on hockey. Dear goodness, they are. Yeah, whew. that's really expensive, right? Oh, <laughs> I don't those know anything pads, about hockey, but you know, I don't. I, heard. I know it's expensive. That's all I know. <laughs> um, but sports equipment can get really expensive. So again, helping those families so that these children um, are able to participate in sports. And if they're doing that after school, they're not getting in trouble. They're not going around, because a lot of times mom and dad are still working. Yes. And so that is often their after school and what they're actually focusing on. So if they're not doing that, then they're doing who knows what. So it's a time that they're able to focus. Um, and then kind of going back to when we were talking about um, fees for field trips and yes. things like that, right. our Edge Essentials program is focused on educational essentials. So anything that is standing in the way to a child's education, whether that be you know SAT fees or um, steel toe boots for an automotive internship, okay. uh, computer, TI-84 calculators, whatever they're on now, whatever I have no idea. I know they're is. expensive. <laughs> um, but anything to help them out so that Again, they have the resources, they have the tools they need so that they can actually thrive in their education and actually, you know, have that opportunity to take the, take the SATs and go on to secondary education. And that's our goal for all the families that we serve is to give them the opportunity for a secondary education, whether that be college or a vocational school, whatever that looks like for them. Just give them the tools they need to get there. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's huge. And so you guys can see the type of impact that a precious child puts on imprints on these children's lives. So how many agencies do you guys work with in order to reach? About 250, 250. and we serve eight counties. Okay. So you can imagine that they're very widespread. They're all over the place, but that's where the need is. And so we're trying really hard to meet that need. Okay. So what I'd like to do is turn your attention to the, our studio audience real quick. We have, a, um, we have a lady here, her name is Carrie, and she's part of a precious child. And we want to hear from her and some of her uh, impact within A Precious Child. So actually, let's give her a round of applause. Yeah. Let's not be rude. <laughs> How you doing, there? Thank you, Maurice. Um, yes, as a former school teacher, I just want to you know, verify that my students needed these supplies and these goods that A Precious Child provides. And I think there's a general knowledge that public school is equal, but it's not that way anymore. There are all of mm. these fees and um, different activities that my students can participate in. And so that what it, that's what attracted me to working at A Precious Child. At A Precious Child, I am a child outcomes advocate, so I get to work a little um, closer with families and with children and resource navigation. And as you look at the face of poverty, there's two things that I always try to remember, as Courtney um, said. Number one, children are innocent, regardless of what their uh, child, their their adults in their life, 
are doing, the children are innocent. And so whatever we can do from a precious child or as a community to lessen childhood trauma, yeah. that is going to help the children, but it's also going to help the community in large. That's right. That's also, right. the second thing is that everybody has a story to tell, mm. and each family is unique. I am daily inspired by the perseverance and the hard work of my clients. Mm. And actually, we have a client here today, Matthew Deloa, and he has graciously agreed to share his story with us um, on Executive Talk. Awesome. Go ahead and stand up, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Let's give him a round of applause. How old are you, Matt? 21. 21. Oh, sorry. 21. <laughs> you, say, you say it with base. I'm 21. I'm 21. <laughs> we want to um, welcome you to Executive Talk. And what we're going to do for you and Maze, we're going to have you on Executive Talk right where Courtney is sitting because we want to hear your story. This is what success looks like, and this is what an organization, a community that comes together, this is the end result of having a kid come from wherever, he, you know, from his background to the place where he's at and going forward. And Executive Talk is going to take you under our wing and help you get to um, help you participate in the direction that you're headed. So we'd like to thank you for efforts and everything that you've done and being part of A Precious Child and trusting them to help you get to where you need to be. So you definitely deserve honor for that, sir. No, thank you. Thank you. You're the man. All right. <laughs> so, Courtney. That's you, Courtney's final thoughts. Courtney's final thoughts. This is her corner. She's been waiting for this all I wanted to call it Courtney's corner. He wouldn't let me. We're going to talk about that like next year or whatever. I don't know. But talk to us, Courtney. So kind of going back to wrap everything up, because we talked about a lot, and I feel A Precious Child does so much for our families, but how I kind of want to talk to the community at large, basically. So going back to collaboration, we can't do what we do alone. No one nonprofit can do everything, which is why we work with so many different nonprofits. Sure. But we also can't do it without the help of the community at large. So working with um, organizations and individuals to do clothing drives, um, to volunteer, we are only a staff of 16 people and we served 39,000 children and families last year. Trust me, I would not be here today if that was just done by a staff of 15. So we had over 3,000 volunteers last year help us in that effort. Um, but just imagine if we had 5,000 volunteers and how Absolutely. what impact that would have on the families that we serve. So kind of my call to action is asking the community to see what really touched your heart and see how they can kind of get involved. If it's volunteering, hosting a drive, we serve eight counties, so even though we're located in Broomfield, we try to make it very easy for uh, people to get involved, whether that's donating clothes, we um, have a van so we can come pick things up, or I always urge people to come up and tour a precious child because we can talk all day, but once you see it and that's you right. see the families and Absolutely. you see the resource center and kind of can hear from the staff, um, just what we do, it really puts um, a great picture together and you kind of can finally, it clicks and you're like, that's amazing. And you kind of, you want to get involved with it. So um, see kind of what works for you. So again, volunteering, 
clothing donations. We have tons of seasonal programs. So we're about to gear up for our fill a backpack drive where okay. we'll be having, um, hopefully filling over 12,000 backpacks full of school supplies sure. to give to the children in need before school starts. Because again, we want the kids to go back to school feeling prepared and confident. And it's about giving them the tools they need to succeed. If they're going to school on the first day, not feeling prepared mm -hmm. and you know, they are going in empty handed, they're not going to want to learn. They are going to either be embarrassed that they don't have the items or they're not going to have the motivation to do so. So giving them everything they need so that they can go in and again, strive towards um, their education and really do well. So, and then we also have fun events. So we have our gala on April 1st coming up. Okay. So if you like to dress up and dance, come on down. <laughs> um, but I urge everyone just to go to our website. There's volunteer opportunities, event opportunities, and we're super flexible with how you want to get involved. So reach out to us and ask. And, you know, we can kind of work something out to see how you can give back and help 190,000 children that live in poverty in Colorado. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So I want to introduce a couple of people. How many people have served on the board at a precious child right now? <laughs> Just one. <laughs> well, we have a couple of people that are aspiring to be um, on the board as well. So that's awesome. And this, uh, this gentleman right here, go ahead and raise your hand, buddy. <laughs> you're, already included, you're already included. And we also have a couple, we have a gentleman right here, Brian McGinnis, who's actually uh, working closely with the Precious Child. Is that correct, sir? That's true. That's true. Okay. So a lot of our business owner community, they're all, they're all helping um, a Precious Child and nonprofit organizations, such as, you know, if you have one out there. But this is the type of community effort that helps these children. And this is who we are, and this is who we are as people. I want to take you guys down a journey real quick to help you guys really uh, deepen the association to this. And that journey is this, the heart. How many people know of an adult that's going through a lot of pain right now? By show of hands. For some of those adults, some of that pain started maybe in their adult years. But nine times out of ten, anybody can put a statistic to anything, right? But I guarantee you nine times out of ten, that person, that, 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 that adult had issues as a child. And think about that child's heart. That heart starts out this big, doesn't know why he's here, doesn't know what the next day is like, but then all of a sudden life happens to a child and a, de a developing heart is right there. What do you think happens to that heart year after year? It starts to weaken. It starts to have this pain. It starts to feel like, why am I here? And opportunities and organizations such as a precious child creates an opening for that heart. Just a little opening does a lot of, lot of good for, for children. And that's who we are as an adult. And that's what we can do to really help our community. Because like I alluded to in the, future, or in the earlier stages of this show, the children are our future. And part of developing that future is developing those hearts. So if you see an opportunity to donate, if you see an opportunity to volunteer, if you see these opportunities, please do it. Executive Talk, what we're going to do is we're going to start coming down monthly to actually help, um, help with you guys and your, what yeah. you guys are doing. So starting on March 24th, we're trying to put together at least 30 people to volunteer with us. And we're going to schedule from 9 to 1. Mm -hmm. And we're going to come down and volunteer. And they're going to tell us what we need to do. And that's what we're going to do. 
on our executive talk on our Facebook fan page, what we're going to do for you, there's, a, there's now a new job section. Whatever volunteer, whatever opportunities that you have coming up, we'll post them on our site. Perfect. And make sure that people know about volunteering opportunities so we can help develop outwardly what you guys are trying to do. Nice. So I, would love, I, I appreciate everybody for being here today. And I appreciate you guys for listening into this show. This is very important. Our kids are our future. Please continue to follow this conversation. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on LinkedIn. Follow us on Twitter. Also follow us on YouTube to continue this conversation and start sharing this story with people because this is important. Um, we love you guys. Executive Talk, really appreciate you guys. And I hope you guys feel the heart and soul of what we're doing here at Executive Talk and the heart and soul specifically of uh, a precious shout. So thank you, Courtney, for everything that you did and everything, all your all your information. Well, thank you so much for having us. We really right. appreciate it. <laughs> appreciate you. But in the meantime, you know what Courtney and I have to do? We have to get back to work. You guys have a good day. Thank you so much, Courtney. Thank you.